Nico, I think, popped the string before he got out here. I'm not musically inclined, but I think that means they had a little bit of adjustment to make. They did a great twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. There's not been many of us who haven't looked at a starlit sky and wondered just how many are up there. I mean, philosophers and scientists and astronomers and dreamers and singers and poets and everyone is kind of taking that journey on to the star side about how many are out there. It, stars are really kind of in a cluster of stars and they're in galaxies and we're part of the Milky Way galaxies. And scientists kind of calculate that there's over a thousand million stars in our galaxy alone. And then when you go outside of our galaxy, there are just, I mean, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of galaxies outside of our own. So, dude, when you sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, you are singing something about a lot of stars. But yet when we come to Christmas time, there's really only one star that captures our imagination, isn't it? It's that one star that we always associate with magi who come from the east and, and probably from that Babylonian, Persian area, modern-day Iran, Iraq, that part of the, of the globe. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2 that they followed this star. It's interesting that they followed the star. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 16... You find where God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, that would be the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night, that would be the moon. And by the way, he also made the stars. That is such a cool statement in the, in the Hebrew. It's like Moses just kind of shrugged his shoulders after saying, God made the sun and the stars and the planets and all of that. Then he goes, oh yeah, by the way, twinkle, twinkle. Oh, yeah, he made all of those stars, every one of them. Matter of fact, there's another place in the Bible where he says he knows them, and, uh, and many of them have names, and he knows their name. It's interesting because, you see, it's a remarkable statement. In the ancient Near East, there were many cultures that worshipped the stars, that thought the stars were deities in among themselves and something to be worshipped, these twinkle, twinkle little stars. And that's why when these magi saw this star in the east, oh my goodness, they, uh, they were Zoroastrists, which means they were kind of a hybrid of mystics, uh, astronomists, and scientists, and mathematicians. And so when they saw this unusual, unexplainable, unique star in the sky, they thinking that it would be a deity because of their culture, not scripture, they got a caravan, and they followed a star. Now, I don't presume that this was the first star that the Magi followed, because it was very much of their, their culture for these Magi to do that. But in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1, to 1 and 2, it says, But Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. That's a great question. I like that two little words in there when they said his star. Well, you can sing twinkle, twinkle, but they're talking about his star. 
one star differentiated from all other stars in the sky and our own Milky Way galaxy and others far beyond, and it was his star. And they even nailed it right. They said, where is he who's born king of the Jews? You come to Herod's palace, who is the governor appointed by Rome, who was the world empire at that time, to keep peace in the, in the neighborhood, in the hood, so to speak. And these guys who were very wealthy, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is royalty, this is regality, who comes to your palace to your very throne room and said, okay, where is this king who's been born king of the Jews in rocky world? Matter of fact, the next verse says that Herod was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. The Magi were from that Babylonian region and their faith system led them to follow over a thousand mile trek. We don't know how long it took. And they followed it night after night, after night. I don't know how you follow a star. I struggle with GPS on my cell phone, man. I'm telling you. I don't know how you do that. But they followed a star over a thousand miles. If you calculate so many miles a day, 13 to 15 miles a day, I'm telling you, this was a hike. And they traveled mostly at night. And the star's purpose was to shine on Jesus Christ, that newborn king of the world. But he was more than just the king of the Jews. He was the savior of the world. This light in the sky was to lead the magi to the ultimate light of the world, Jesus Christ. For you see, it was this newborn king who was born in Bethlehem, the Magi were in Jerusalem. You can, I hope you can see it on the, on the map. Man, they were only six miles apart. The Magi traveled thousands of miles. They were the far off who came near. And Herod was only six miles away, and he was the guy that was near but so far off. And there's some of you here today. Man, you, you've been raised in church, and you're near to the truth, but you're so far away from the truth of Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world. And so here's Herod, unknowing that Jesus Christ was born in his providence just six miles away. But it was for the King Herods of the world. It was for the Mike Trimbles of the world. It was for the youths of the world that Jesus Christ came to be born, to shine light. Because the Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, in him was life. And that light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. See, Jesus Christ came just as the star lit the way for the Magi's. Jesus Christ comes and he lights the way to ultimate truth. He lights the way. And without Jesus Christ, we would never know the light of true love because we sit in darkness. We would never know the light of truth of truth because we sit in darkness. We would never know that our sins stand against us and a holy God because we sat in darkness. Years ago, I went to Mammoth Caves. I was an intern in Glasgow, Kentucky, and I was in Mammoth Caves, and there the guy turned out all the lights. And it was the first time I've been in just like pitch black where you couldn't see nothing and then he took his cigarette lighter god bless you he took his cigarette lighter lit it and it was just one little flick of the bit baby 
And that room just seemed, man, that light just invaded the darkness. Jesus said in him was life, and that life was the light of men. He came to show us truth and love, and we would never have known that because we sit in darkness. Someone wrote this poem, and I'm not the poemsy guy, but have you ever felt this way? It goes, I strive towards light just to end in darkness. I strive to give my best just to end up with my worst. I strive to, love, strive to love my neighbor just to end up coveting my possessions. I strive for a life of purity just to end up with a life of sin. I cry to God to help me. How can I help you? I fail so much. His answer comes with his peace. Jesus is the light. Follow, follow the light. Now, I don't want you to miss the point. The star led the wise man to the truth. Jesus Christ, light of the world, pierces the darkness, leads us to the truth as well. Uh, I want you to look at the screen. And uh, the pictures you are about to see are taken by, wait a minute, go flip back there just, just one time. The pictures you're about to see are taken by Abby Myers. And yes, she did want credit for her photography. So give it up for Abby, everybody. All right, give it up. The price you got to pay to get good help today, you know? And so in our neighborhood, okay, in our neighborhood, man, it seems like more and more people are stringing up more and more lights. I mean, they are decking the halls and decking the roads and just everybody decking their thing out. Now, look at me. I am not the deck your hall, deck your house, string up, throw the party, you know, let's get the lights up kind of guy. Not there. All right? But I was noticing that my neighborhood is looking pretty good and my house is just kind of, eh. So a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, and that's my house, a couple of years ago, I bought that nativity set. Sat in the garage for a couple of years. Like I'm saying, I'm not the guy to throw the party. So I decided, because after Blake graduated and, and my wife was traveling home, I thought I would surprise my wife and have our house decorated for Christmas. I ran one extension cord, plugged in three lights, you know, one for Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus, and I couldn't wait for nighttime. And when I did, this is what happened. Mary and Joseph didn't light up. Mary and Joseph didn't light up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Goofball put lights in Mary and Joseph. I did. They didn't light up. That is the sum total of my mechanical ability right there. Then I got to thinking, if you only have one light to light up in your nativity set, if you only have one light that you're going to follow in this world, it better be Jesus Christ. And so I just left Mary and Joseph because, man, they caught the light that shines from Jesus Christ. And my challenge to you today, if you're going to have one light to follow, if you're going to have one truth to pursue, if you're going to give your life to one thing, it had better be the light of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a second? Because there may be somebody here this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you're here today, why don't right now you ask Jesus Christ to become your truth and tell him that you're going to follow 
His light. Maybe you're still walking around in the darkness looking for the truth. And you may have tried other philosophies and other world religions. And somehow you may have thought that you have outgrown the biblical truth of your childhood. And man, I'm telling you, you never outgrow the light. And so if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, man, would you just right there where you sit, where you're seated, would you just pray this very simple prayer? Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I pray right now that I will always walk in your light. I invite you into my heart. In Jesus' name. Because that's the only light, ladies and gentlemen, that has any value and any worth and any merit. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, man, would you just, we're just going to bring the house lights up just a little bit. I'm not calling you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'm telling you, if you just prayed that prayer right now because you want to follow the true light of this world, man, would you just let me know by raising your hand? Man, I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you so much. Man, God bless you. Anyone else? Man, thank you so much. Now, if you'll look this way, because the light of the world is Jesus Christ, but the Christmas story isn't stagnant. It's not a relic truth with no meaning for us today. It has meaning because the light of Christmas is Jesus and his light shines through us. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The great American author Robert Louis Stevenson was peering out of his window. And he saw, and this is back in the days where they would light the old gas lights in the street. And he was uh, watching intently. And I think it was his mother, but someone asked him, and they said, "Uh, what are you doing? And he said, I see a man making holes in the darkness. And that's what we or Christians are to do now. As Christ's light shines in our heart, man, we're to make holes in the darkness. We're to poke holes where there is no light. Man, we are to do whatever, wherever we are, whatever we do. We live in a dark world and we can share the light of Jesus Christ by poking holes in the darkness. Some of you are going to be working today or later on today and certainly this week and you work with people who are in absolute darkness. Man, poke holes in the darkness. Some of you are going to be eating dinner later today with family that are not believers in Jesus Christ and you don't ridicule them, you love them and you poke holes in the darkness. You see, that's what the star of Christmas does. It pokes holes in the darkness. Man, just as you do that whole twinkle, twinkle little star thing, man, you poke holes in the darkness. 
You see, the Magi today would be classified as New Age Bohemian existentialists. Aren't you proud? I know that stuff. And what the star was doing was poking holes in the darkness of their world and of their faith. Because the Bible says, so let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works. No, it's not about the light in Mary and Joseph, but it's about the light in the Christ child. Doing and being God's representative on this earth. They came from the east, the Magi did, to see this one who's born king of the Jews. They had no map, no address, no triple-A tip, trick, tip, trick, trip. You know what I'm talking about. They had no phone app. They had no GPS. And nobody had ever done it before. And yet they went to a strange land as strangers. So these wise men would have been hopelessly lost if it was not for one thing, one solitary thing that led them to the Christ child.